0: Welcome to the Imposture to Unstoppable podcast, where physicians can learn how to overcome imposter syndrome and create the career of their dreams. Dr. Alicia Taylor is a family medicine physician who has a passion for promoting physician wellness through financial literacy. She is the founder of careermoneymoves.com and also the creator of a Facebook financial group called Grand Rounds, two platforms that help young professionals, especially doctors, put systems in place to build wealth and live the life of their dreams. Enjoy our conversation. Hi, Alicia. Thank you for being here with me tonight. How are you? I am well. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you because I don't think I've ever, in the last several years met a physician, a young physician, early career physician with as much drive as you. So I can't wait to hear all about the self-doubt that kind of, I'm sure, is part of the
1: <laughs> has been part of the journey. So tell me everything. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you for having me again. And I appreciate the compliment. Um, and you know, if I'm being honest, I am um, a senior resident, family medicine. I'm going to do a fellowship in sports medicine next year at UCLA. So I'm an East Coast girl moving to the West Coast for a little bit. Um, But I say that to say that I do family medicine. And I think that so often in medicine, family medicine is kind of treated like the redheaded stepchild of all the specialties. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, you know, if you did well on your boards and you're not an international grad, what are you doing in family medicine? I mean, that's kind of how it comes Mm -hmm. across, or at least how I perceived it to be. And so for me, a lot of this self-doubt came in really liking a field of medicine, really liking a specialty like family medicine. And even though I knew I was going to go into sports medicine, but I really liked the general field of family medicine, wanting to go into that and then feeling this pressure to choose something different because Mm -hmm. I didn't think that family medicine would be perceived well. And so I had the, the doubts from myself of, am I making the right decision? I had what I perceived as doubts and negative perceptions from people around me saying, Hey, you're a smart girl. You're really ambitious. What are you doing Mm. in healing medicine and trying to overcome that. And then, you know, there's this self-doubt with my continued career. And as I'm in the hospital, as I'm interacting with other specialties, really trying to 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 make sure that, you know, I'm in a specialty and I'm in a career field that I really enjoy and being okay with that. Um, and so for me, that was kind of the start of it. And I remember, you know, being a medical student, talking to my father as I was um, talking to him about, hey, you know, I really love family medicine. I don't know if I'm going to choose this. What do you think I should do? And also under the realization that I have student loans, which is a very real issue. Um, (laughs) You know, I like 75 percent of medical students have over two hundred thousand dollars of student loans. And so being like, hey. I like this field, but also I need money to pay back all of the debt that I owe. And so how am I going to rectify that? I've got self-doubt from other people. I've got self-doubt from myself. And now I'm also like really doubting, am I going to be able to make the money that I need to pay off my loans and live the kind of life that I desire? Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was kind of like this three-pronged thing. And I remember my dad saying, Leisha, at some point you have to choose success for yourself and define it for yourself um, and stop defining it by what you think other people expect. And you know, if it's about money, you can learn how to invest. You can focus on finance and you can learn how to build wealth and build your net worth and have a plan for your student loans that you can pay it off. But at the end of the day, you're the one that's gotta live your life. You, know, you can go into orthopedic surgery, which is what I was thinking about. You can go into emergency medicine, PM&R, uh, all these other specialties. That might pay a little bit more, that might have a little bit more, quote unquote, respect in the medical world. But at the end of the day, you're the one that's going to have to go through the residency. You're the one that's going to have to live that life every day. And if it's not something that you yourself find enjoyable, then you're going to go through life with a lot of regret. So for me, that's kind of when it it comes to medicine and when it comes to self-doubt, My journey in picking family medicine (laughs) was kind of that first step. And to be honest, it's my decision to go into family medicine that really sparked my desire to learn about personal finance because I realized I couldn't just go through life and residency and not know anything about personal finance because now that I've chosen a specialty in a career field that doesn't pay as much as others, I've really got to put more ownership and I've really got to put more focus on the financial side as well. And so I know i spoken a lot, but that's, that's good. <laughs> that's a great overview. And I, uh, of course, so much
0: gold in there, right? Like, first of all, what amazing advice from your dad?
1: <laughs> good man. You know, I don't want to give him too much props, but he's cool. He's cool. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, because it's so uh, just to touch on that, like defining success for ourselves, I think as physicians, we have a hard time with that because it feels. It doesn't feel normal to do that because we're so used to looking externally about am, you know, from getting into medical school to choosing a residency and beyond. Like, it always does feel like that. Like, I don't know what the right decision is. Someone has to tell me that because someone had to tell me if I'm good enough to get into medical school. And someone had to tell me if I'm good enough to get into residency. So, mm-hmm. I think that 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 switch of now I have to decide what I really want. And it's way more than just my career, you know, it's my time, it's how I want to it don't do I want a family, where do I want to live? What do I do I want to have hobbies? All of these things that we kind of forget about while we're and while we're in training. So that's something that I, I think that's awesome that you brought that up. And then the next thing, the thing about, you know, choosing a family family medicine, I've heard before from other family doctors who had the same. Story told to them. It's yeah. like, why you could be, you could do anything. Why would you do that? And it's like, when did medicine, it's all, it's really has become for so many of us like this pursuit of like, what's like the hardest, most prestigious thing I could do? And that's how we define what we should be doing instead of what do I love? Like, what brings me joy? Like, we're, we're it's a little bit backwards. And it's unfortunate to hear that that's still the case even today. Um, when you were going through that, so how did you like push through that, that with other people telling you that, and really decide to choose what made you happy?
1: It was tough and it wasn't a decision that I made overnight or even over a week. I mean, I remember thinking about this as I was studying for step one. I mean, now it's, I think, which I would have loved to be that case. I was thinking, but I mean, I remember having like thinking these thoughts at the same time. I mean, I'm somebody, if you couldn't tell already, who like talks just a little too much um, (laughs) and is very extroverted. And, you know, I have a lot of interests. I love health. I love public health and I love public policy and family medicine has given me the opportunity to explore those things. And so it's Mm -hmm. been a fantastic choice, but coming to that decision, as you had asked me about, it was, it was difficult. I mean, I remember, thank goodness I had, you know, me and my father are very close I talked to my father about this extensively. I talked to some of my closest friends in med school and to give them credit, I always felt supported by them. I always felt supported by the school. I think, you know, some of the feelings that I perceived from other people were just, and I think that they were well-intentioned, to be honest. I think mm-hmm. that they were just like, hey, you're very ambitious. Hey, you've got, you know, yeah. the right scores and you came from the right school. Why are you choosing this path? And for me, it was constantly like what I regret Not choosing family medicine. Mm -hmm. Would I regret waking up at four a.m. to round in the hospital and do surgeries when I didn't really like surgery? You Mm -hmm. know, would I regret being in the emergency room all the time? I mean, I am extroverted. I don't mind being in the emergency room, but I'm somebody who like. To work, you know, from eight to five, um, yeah. <laughs> and values my holidays off and values weekends off and doesn't like to work overnight. And so, the emergency medicine lifestyle just wasn't for me. Yeah, so it was for me. Of like, okay, if I did do what others expected, would I regret it? Would I spend my residency years unhappy? You know, as we all know, residency is tough, no matter what specialty you go mm-hmm. into. Some are maybe tougher than others, but it's still a transition, it's still a period where you're overworked and underpaid and having to reconcile that. Mm -hmm. And I just couldn't fathom going through three years, even if it was just three years, going through three years and regretting it, going through three years and wondering what if. Um, And so that was a big thing. And the other thing was really learning about personal finance. I'm a kind of person, as I suspect most doctors are, where we need a plan. Like, if yeah. I have a plan that I can follow and that seems pretty solid, then I just feel better. I feel less stressed. And so, for me, it was coming up with a plan of okay, let me study the different student loan repayment plans. Let me figure out which one I'm going to get on. Let me come up with a financial plan. Let me start investing. Let me have a debt reduction plan. Let me have a plan so that in five or 10 years, once I finish my training, I know that I can pay off my student loans. I know that Mm. I can build wealth or at least build my net worth to the point where I can carve out and build the kind of life that I want. And once I had a plan in place, once I was able to run the numbers and once I was able to see that, Hey, family medicine may not pay a million dollars a year, but it's still going to give me a good living. It's not like I'm going to be poor. I think once I (laughs) like reconcile that in my mind, it was like, okay, I'll be okay with this. Like, I'm going to be happy and then I'm going to do sports medicine and I'm going to be even happier Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and I'm going to be able to still have the kind of life that I want. And when I realized that the kind of life that I desired was still possible, even if I didn't choose the specialty or the career path that other people expected, it made me more okay with my decision. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: I do want to get into your um, the career money moves thing, but I do want to highlight what you said because I think it's really important. Because ultimately, it sounds like what happened is that you there was this doubt, you know, you, you know, that came from within and came from maybe outside of you as well. But it you were able to combat that a little bit by just looking at like the basic facts without any emotion meaning like you 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 put the plan in place you looked at the numbers you you did the math you know you went to the basics of what is actually the truth here without the story in my head yeah and i think that's a really powerful lesson because what happens when we let self doubt be the driver is then we're just our brain is just going crazy with all these these stories that aren't even based in reality. And a very powerful way to get back into the reality and to take back control is to do exactly what you did, which is let's just look at the facts and come up with a plan. It's like a t- it's like giving the inner the inner critic like a xanax.
1: <laughs> I love that. I love it because I think I think that's so critical because sometimes. I have a tendency to stress out over things that may or may not be true. And so I love how you articulated that and saying like, yes, I just looked at the facts and saw like what I was feeling wasn't actually the fact feelings are facts," And so just being able to separate the two and say, Hey, actually I can make this work doing what I love um, was key.
0: Yeah. And I think that there is, there, that requirement for a basic foundation of self-trust must be there, um, which might for some people, that might be a muscle that we have to kind of exercise a little bit because we've gone so long without trusting ourselves. Yeah. But it sounds like you have a very strong foundation in self-trust. So you were able to lean in on that and be like, okay, I do trust that once I have a plan in place that I can carry it through. So that's, I think, important to recognize that if you have trouble with that trusting yourself, then that's something that you can work on.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So tell me more about um, career money moves, what it is, what you do, all of that stuff.
1: So career money moves is my blog that is still up and running. I started it when I was a med student actually wow. so <laughs> for a few years now. Um, but yeah. So I went to Duke for undergrad, and I was considering a career on Wall Street, believe it or not. Um, And so um, I was actually in Duke's Financial Educational Partnership, which was a program at the time that had a mission to bring more women and more minorities um, on Wall Street. And so I was in this program, and I was mentored by a lot of people on Wall Street. And so with that program, I learned how to invest. I learned a little bit about personal finance. Just gave me a good foundation. Ended up not choosing that career in Wall Street, clearly. Um, But I kept some of those lessons. And then I had moved to D.C. actually to do health policy and actually did some work in private equity while I was in D.C. at the time. Um, And so I say that to say that when I went to medical school, I had a decent financial educational background, Mm -hmm. more so than a lot of my classmates. And so what happened was um, when I was like a third and fourth year medical student, I kept getting asked a lot of the same basic questions. Should I buy a house when I start residency? What student loan plan should I be under? How do I start investing? How do I start saving? How do I create a budget? And so there were a lot of these initial questions that I kept being asked over and over again by a lot of my classmates. And I just kept answering the same question that I thought, let's just write this down. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's where the blog started was me just answering basic questions for my classmates. Um, And it's kind of grown from there. I mean, I still publish on the blog now. um, It's a lot of basic things from how do you start investing and how do you actually open a Roth IRA? And what kind of things should you put in there? And what is index investing to some of the nitty gritty of what's an annuity? And should I consider that? And what about whole life insurance? And how is it different from term? And what are the nuances of each? And so talk about a lot of different things now as a senior resident and focused a lot on contract review and negotiation. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's a lot of information on that, but I've always loved to write. I like personal finance and investing because I believe that a key to physician wellness is financial literacy because Mm -hmm. one of the best things that money can buy is control over your time. Mm -hmm. And so for me, (laughs) it's really hammering in that message and helping my co-residents now and even some of my attendings kind of understand that and helping them put systems in place to start investing and to start eliminating debt and to figure out the best student loan plan, teaching them how to run the numbers themselves. Um, And so that's where a lot of that is. And you know, I know that people can hire financial advisors to do a lot of this work for them. And I don't think there's anything wrong with hiring somebody to help you out in this area. But I do feel that you should be able to vet him or her thoroughly, and mm-hmm. I do feel that in, that doctors should be empowered to be able to start investing on their own, and you should have the tools to be able to do so. And so that's kind of my mission through my Career Money Moves blog is to just teach people how to do it themselves if they desire to do so, or at least give them a good foundation. Um, I just started a new Facebook group called financial grand rounds, where I put in some videos and I've put in little snippets here and there and little blogs and links to links to podcasts so that people can really learn some of these basics. Because again, a key to f- physician wellness is financial literacy and getting those lessons is really vital. And so that's kind of a long-winded yeah. answer. <laughs> that's,
0: that's perfect. And what I'll say about that is first of all, it's amazing that you recognize that you were like just a few steps ahead of your peers. It's not like you were saying like, "Oh, I have this all this financial knowledge. I know everything about finances." You were like, "I know a little bit more than you." You know what I mean? And you 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 keep doing that. It's like, okay, now we're this other place of our lives where I know all, and maybe in some circumstances, a lot more than you about contract negotiation and investing. And you're willing to just share your knowledge. And I think that. So many of us are scared to do that because we think that if we're not a, if we're not like the most expert of the of the field, then we can't teach someone else. So that is a very very powerful example, Lisha, of how you can really help so many people with just being a few steps ahead of them, and in fact, maybe even help them a little bit better because you can see exactly what they what they want, what they need.
1: I'm so glad that you said that because that is something that it's interesting that you say that about me because it's something that I look at for other people. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, I don't know if I can help this kind of person because I don't feel like I have, like, I'm not a financial advisor, for example. Right. And so I don't want to manage anyone's assets. And Mm -hmm. so sometimes I think, Oh, I'm not a financial advisor. Maybe I shouldn't be the one, maybe I shouldn't say anything. Right. And so it's really recognizing that because I know just a little bit more, I can really help somebody else. And Mm -hmm. it's one of the things that I've and this is like totally kind of unrelated, but one of the things that I've talked to a lot of my co-residents about Is I'm really a huge proponent of having side income and other additional streams of income, especially when you're a resident, because you know we're underpaid during this time. And I've really encouraged a lot of my co residents hey, if you're really great at tennis, if you play tennis in college, you could charge people for tennis lessons. Look, I don't need you to be Serena Williams, I just need you to know more than me and be able to teach me. And you can charge other people for that. You know, if you love to cook, you don't have to be a chef, you just need to be able to show me how to meal prep and I'll pay you for it. And so it's really getting this notion that we don't have to be perfect to start. And that oftentimes it's because we're not perfect. It's because we don't have all these certifications and we aren't an expert in this field that other people find us more knowledgeable or being able to relate to us a little bit more. And so I actually think that that's a strength and It's interesting that you say that about me because I (laughs) struggle with that sometimes, but it's nice to know that sometimes it comes out.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And I think another thing that you're doing, I mean, because how lucky are the people who are around you? Because not only are they getting all of your knowledge and you're encouraging them to have this side, this outcome, but one of the the things I feel very strongly about is that is actually what helps physicians have more sustainability and fulfillment is to have a creative side and do something that they like outside of medicine. So that's definitely another reason to do that. And it sometimes that means, you know, doing something that makes money on the side, but sometimes it just means like giving some time to things that bring you joy and the importance of that, especially when yeah. it comes to physician wellness, like we've touched on a little bit. So that's such great advice for, for everyone is there's always something like every experience that you've been through in your life is always an opportunity for your, for you to have a lesson, but also to help someone else through that. And I think that so often because of our self-doubt and that, that inner imposter syndrome, inner critic, we don't see those things because they're overshadowed by our belief that we're not enough and all of these things. But when we can take ourselves out of that and like Remove ourselves from the shadow of self doubt, then we really begin to begin to see like how valuable we are to other people as like part of this human experience. So I think that's really important.
1: Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And I would be remiss if I didn't give a shout out to my therapist who has been yeah. integral in my life. You know, there, I think there was this stigma yeah. around therapy at one point, but I view yeah. therapy as exercise for the mind you oh know, my gosh, 100% exercise my body and I'm going to therapy to exercise my mind. And oh, so yeah. shout out to my therapist who sees this other side of me that, <laughs> that yeah is like helping me through this self-doubt. And so shout out to therapy, shout out to anybody who's on the fence about it. I wholeheartedly um, 100%. do it. Yes. I'm all for it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm me too. I think therapy should just kind of like go with your medical training. It's like, here's yeah. your class. And like, this is your therapy appointment time. You know what I mean? Like that should just be like, what happens <laughs> for <Agreed>. everybody.
1: <laughs> Agreed, 100%. Oh,
0: That's awesome. Well, so it was so awesome talking to you. So you mentioned the career money moves blog and you mentioned the Facebook group, and I'll leave links to both of those in the episode details. Um, if you were going to give it your best advice, about to someone who maybe has an idea, like you had this blog, this idea about, oh, maybe I could teach other people. How, what's the best advice you could give them to actually going out and creating it?
1: Best advice to go out and create it is to ask yourself, would you regret if you didn't do it?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And if the answer is yes, then just start Mm -hmm. and recognize that you don't have to be perfect to start. I think there's a lot of things that we learn by actually doing something. And so I think it's almost impossible to be great at something that you've just never done. And so just starting right now and being okay with the fact that maybe it won't be perfect, but it will be better than if you didn't do anything at all. And if you would regret not ever doing it, if you would regret not ever starting a blog, or if you would regret not ever starting a podcast or starting this side hustle or whatever your thing is, then I would encourage you to not have any regrets and to just start, come up with a timeline, come up with a deadline for yourself in which you're just going to put pen to paper and put a word down or record something. And just ask yourself, if you would regret not doing it, then you should probably start. Perfect. That's a great place to end. Well, thank you so much. It was awesome talking to you. Thank you so much for having me. I truly appreciate it. It has been an honor and a pleasure. So thank you. Thank you.